wicked, wicked fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola, come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, yes. real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola, come make it yours. Visit sixflags.com slash coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99. The following podcast may contain adult language and an abundance of salt. So get ready, nerds, because we're talking to John Ivor, the showrunner for Norseman, our favorite comedy on Netflix. Welcome, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us on this special episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast. I'm joined, of course, by my fantastic panel of nerds. Matt Vader is here. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Are you stoked? I'm, I'm really excited, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Our ambassador of estrogen and shield maiden, Jude. Welcome. Oh, hello. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm good doing morning. good. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm very excited today. And the producer of the show, Matthew Kadish. I am super excited because this is the man with the answers. He's the one who can uh, actually tell us what was going on. Yep. As opposed to all these actors who just like show up <laughs> and memorize their lines. <laughs> and of course, the man of honor, of honor, John Ivor. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. We're glad to have you here. And uh, we're very excited to talk with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Sure. And uh, I'm sure you know, we are super fans yes. of your show. So <laughs> I'm here, man. my first question, let's, I'm going to set the groundwork here. Um, what got you into writing and how did this whole Norseman situation come about? What inspired you to make this show? Um, I have been my, my colleague Jonas, which he's not here today. So I said I would take all the credit for everything we've done. <laughs> putting that out there already. Um, we have been working together since 2003 uh, in advertisements and we've been sitting across for each other for like 20 years almost. Uh, and we had just been, you know, copywriters in advertisement for, for many years. And, and eventually we started kind of, um, you know, people asked if we wanted to try to write something for TV and we like joined some other shows, but we kind of, you know, we were not that happy about writing for anybody else really, because, you know, somebody took the material and they changed it around because we were like junior writers and they were like, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, Directors did something else with it, and the the result always came back different than than what we what we set out to do, really. And and um, and but we didn't have any experience with how how a script worked, how it how you kind of write the script, how the how that works. We never uh, did any like schooling in terms of filmmaking or anything like that. So it was. Uh, Kind of starting on on the on the rock bottom and then just trying out what to do and and we did that for a while and and uh, NRK gave us an opportunity to make this silly little uh, web series that had like it was a budget of two thousand dollars or something three thousand dollars <laughs> we were and we made that and we wrote that and we that was kind of our our link to to saying hi to these people at NRK and and. 
We did some, um, we made a children's show that we kind of developed that, that ran for, you know, seven seasons or something was, uh, mm. together with NRK as well. And then, and then uh, this idea of Norseman came along and, um, and that was really out of nowhere. It was, it was, I, I think I saw what they do in the shadows, the film mm-hmm. the movie. Oh yeah. And I was like, I, I kind of, there was something, um, I don't know. It was something extraordinary about how they uh, kind of took a very, you know, you've seen that one million times before. Uh, everything about the genre, you know, about the about the vampires and all that stuff. But they had a different take on it, and that mm-hmm, take mm-hmm. was like, okay, you you can't use the mirror, so they, you have to draw <laughs> each other before you go out of town. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they there's. Um, you have to be invited in. So it's only one pub in the town that invites them in. And that's like the shittiest <laughs> place, uh, you know, in the whole city. <laughs> it's like all these kind of things that kind of resonated. And, and this was in the midst of, um, you know, Vikings was on and, and Game of Thrones was on. And then we were like, nothing has really been done in that, like comedy in that space before. So I think like the first, that yeah. evening, I think I wrote like 10 pages for for uh for this script oh, wow. Oh, wow. just started and i came to work to jonas and i was like i think we have something here you know let's uh, and then and then we nice. then we just you know started to explore it together and and it was really almost too easy when we kind of found that that way of thinking and the way of like doing like thinking about the viking age like i think one of the first things we wrote was the execution of kark and and mm. like you know, how, how to apply our modern logic. Uh, like you would ask questions, uh, if you were going on, <laughs> on, like you were going four weeks on a, on a boat, you would want to sit together with somebody you like, like mm-hmm. just yep. like the school bus, you know, when we were going on a field trip or whatever with, with your school. So <laughs> kind of applying all this stuff, it, it felt kind of endless when we, when we first started writing it. So it, it, it uh, basically wrote itself like the first, at least the first three scripts. It was like, yes, wow. it's like uh, the, the energy <laughs> behind it was. And, and, and also that we didn't have anybody that had asked for this. We hadn't pitched it anywhere. We had no, we had no plan. So it was kind of nothing to lose. And it was just on our spare time. We did this. And, and um, so, so you're telling us that we have Taika Watiti and Jermaine Clement to thank for Norseman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, but uh, they inspired, that was a different way of seeing the comedy. I think that was uh, like, that caught on. Yeah. You know? I, uh, I, I think the, the comedy resonated with me immediately from this show, from, 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 from the second, the chieftain came up to the front of the boat and goes, hey, you know, maybe I was a little bit rough too, too, too on, hard on, on him there. Rufus. <laughs> on Rufus. And, and it's like, no, no, it's just right. Because, you know, yeah. we all know the scene. That, that, that hooked me. Yeah. That from that moment on, I was like, yep, this is the show. And then you explaining the, your, the, what we do in the shadows kind of influence there and everything is, is perfect because we all love what we do in the shadows. We talk about it all the time. So it makes perfect sense yeah. why we would, is why we would gravitate toward this kind of humor. Yeah, and we should. It's perfect. While yeah. we're at it, we should give you credit. I was just about to say <laughs> for, for discovering this show for us as a well, podcast because yes. we did. Uh, a, gosh, it's a, over a year ago now. We did a Vikings week yeah. on our mm-hmm. podcast for the main show, and he's like, I, "We got to watch this show, Norseman." And we're like, 
a TV show? Really? Yeah. Like that's a lot of, that's a it's lot. Like, it's six episodes guys. We're good. <laughs> take, take, it'll be all right. And uh, we yeah. watched it and it, like Vader said immediately. We couldn't that, get enough. Yeah. When Arvid and, and the chieftain are like talking on the boat, mm-hmm. like, uh, did I, was I, should I punch that guy in the face? Oh no, no, it's <laughs> yeah. totally cool, man. And Arvid just like, I, I need more Arvid. The Hong Gang. Yeah, he's just gosh. he's he's my spirit animal, man. I, I, I love that dude so much. I really do. He lives just up the street from here. Yeah, yeah. It, it is funny because we all, we always compared Vikings to The Office, mm-hmm. but what we do in the shadows is so much of a better comparison. It's yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But also Makes they are very sense. like on the nose where we are not. I think that they're like uh, their universe. They're allowed to to take it even further in in one direction as of we are trying to stay in the drama um drama of it kind of like mm-hmm. and and i think that's you know when we also also in the beginning we were like to do this here we need it needs to we need a, a photographer that is like he he knows it's epic and stupid has been our a, a tagline <laughs> Epic has it. been like what everyone has been working with, and everyone kind of gets that right away because it needs to look epic. We need the scored in it's scored like it's it's uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know last of the Mohicans or whatever. It needs to be mm-hmm. grand. Oh. We need those big shots. We need you know the need <clears throat> armors needs to look great. Hair, makeup, all that stuff needs to work for this idiotic stuff to work. Yeah, it's, I mean. The last of the Mohicans reference there is really true because yeah. I love that movie for its cinematography, but I, I, I immediately got the scene of the old dude at the beginning jumping off the cliff yeah. and the camera work and then panning back. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the other guys are all like, oh shit, no, that's not good for me. Okay. I'm just going to go. It's like, yeah, I just, I'm sorry. I'm it's just like, going to uh, We're just going to go over here and come on guys. Won't hear from us anymore. Is it okay? <laughs> How about if we just, you know, go away? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so you talked about how like you guys didn't really have a plan at first for how to turn this into a show. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the process of actually getting the funding and getting this show made? And then uh, when Netflix stepped in and uh, how that whole thing happened? I mean, we, we basically, we, we had the, we went to NRK with our first three scripts or I had a friend that worked there. He came by our, ours. We had a studio and he did some advertisement stuff. Like can you explain what NRK is? Uh, sorry, NRK is is like our national broadcaster in Norway. It's like uh, okay. our, our BBC. Okay. So so um, he he was by our office, and I was he was doing some voiceovers for some commercials or something, and I was like, "Hey, we have this script. You know, uh, you want to check it out?" And and even before that, I was like, "Every we were writing it, and we had like uh, our yoga." who plays Arvid, he was in the script. He was just called Viking Jöge. And Jarl Varg was <laughs> called uh, Jarl Egarn because his name is Jarl Egarn. So, so we had all these, uh, we had the cast ready and that also made it easier to write like dialogue straight away because we kind of knew, we knew all these actors that we, from, from our work and, and uh, like Tron and all these guys were like, and I was constantly calling them and like writing out checks. I, I didn't uh, have the money for it. Kind of like, yeah, we're making the show and you have a part and you have a part and you read this. And that's it. You know, I was like working it, really working it. So, so by the time that, that, that script got to NRK, like everyone heard of some, this project somehow, you know, it was like, uh, so I kind of went all the, the we, we went all the, um, 
all the unconventional routes into to making a show. And also because we'd never made a show before and we never pitched anything before or we never, you know, we never mm-hmm. done that part of a process. And uh, so we needed a producer and we got a hold of uh, Anish who made Lilyhammer for Netflix. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I, I, he was in LA and I called him and I was like, yeah, we're two guys. We have this script, <laughs> the Viking uh, script, it's, but it's a comedy. And he was silent and was like, okay, I'm in, you know, <laughs> that was that bitch. So that whole ball started uh, rolling with NRK and, and, uh, and we were sitting this meeting and they were like, yeah, we love it. And we want to do it. And who, who do you, who do you see directing it? And I was like, uh, we are directing it. And they were like, oh, okay, yeah, right. So we left the meeting and <laughs> sure. Jonas was like, what the fuck are we, we're not there. We never, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. That's awesome. He's like, bro, no one's what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was that easy here in the States. Right. It's like, I'm directing this bitch. <laughs> so that was kind of, that's awesome. yeah, that's, and then that kind of things fell into place and, and, uh, you know, and the first time we, when we started shooting, we'd never been on a set before. I never worked with a photographer before. We'd never been in a makeup trailer. We'd never done anything. So we're like, wow. You know? Wow. They were like, yeah, you have headsets. Oh, Man. thank you. You know, and you can see hair. <laughs> that's, it's incredible how new you guys were to all yeah. this and how well you did. <laughs> that, that, that kind of, that fearlessness kind of helps a lot when, when also because we, we really felt that we had a really great script and a great idea. and and. There was so much enthusiasm amongst the, the, the actors and, and everyone involved was like, everyone was really gung ho for, for like doing it and, and, uh, getting this done. So I think like with, with that kind of energy to a project, it's, it's kind of unstoppable at, at least at first when it, when it starts rolling. So it mm-hmm. kind of like, like that. And I think that also is, um, why it works so well, because, you know, we had like two or three takes at the most for, for the mm-hmm. actors since they did it in two languages. So it was nothing. And, and everyone really wanted more takes to like get into the flow, but you know, not being able to do that because we didn't have the money to do that also gave it another edge. And, and it was like every, every take meant something and every, you know, it, it was a, it, that, that also like was a part of the energy on, on the set. So yeah, I think all of those X factors really, really brought something to this. So you talked about um, when you were writing the script and creating the characters, you had specific actors in mind mm-hmm. uh, for these characters. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to ask you about Jarl Varg. Mm-hmm. So his backstory is probably the best village, um, villain origin story I've ever seen. And uh, <laughs> did you... Where did that, where did his backstory come from? Did you already know that that was his backstory when you started writing this character? Or is that something that, you know, you were like, oh yeah, that guy, the actor that plays him, like he would totally do this. Male pattern baldness. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, when we started working with uh, John on, on that, with that character, it's like, uh, we, he was he was scrolling through loads of photos of inmates uh, like on death row just to find like well what is the worst guy you know well how how, how <laughs> what should he look like you know with the tattoo and the dead eye and the the skinhead and all that but but uh, we also needed to give him like uh, a flaw that 
probably has been with him since childhood. And that's something he's been teased, something that has been building, raging in him. Like, so he has this speech and speech thing. He can't say ours. And it, I don't know if it comes across properly in, in English as well. He has this uh, funny R, but it, in Norwegian, it's uh, like his R doesn't work. <laughs> so, so that was kind of the start of it. So he, that he has a flaw that that uh, he uses his power to kind of overcome. And then, and so when we started on this backstory episode, like on, on or at least on, on season three, we were like, you know, what what would make a, a man evil? Like in this, this in this time of age, what would like. You know, somebody killed his family. Yeah, we've seen that before. What, what, what's like the trigger for someone like that? And we, we came up with the, the male pattern boldness, which is like so universal. <laughs> and so like uh, there's no one in the world that doesn't know what that is and, and, and how it can feel or, you know, how, how it's, it's, it's such a big part of like being mm-hmm. a human in a way. I, I wear a hat for a reason. <laughs> So yeah, but I mean, so it's 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 it was a pretty. I think it was a clever thing to 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 use. I was gonna say uh, you you kind of look like a young Jarl Vark <laughs> with that. I'm like, mm, I think there's something there. Is this there. your fear? <laughs> Is this your greatest fear? Yeah. Are you Jarl Vark? <laughs> yeah. yeah, can we see your hands? Just to- <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I forgot my prop. I was gonna show you the props. Oh. Yeah. <gasps> Do you have the prosthesis? Yeah. The sticks? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so um, I was wondering, for, first of all, the fact that you guys had never written a TV show before, Bravo, like you, you killed it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, uh, um, was it just naturally talented? I guess. You could say. <laughs> yeah. um, it was meant to be. Um, but I was wondering, um, so obviously Norsemen got canceled before they could complete the storyline last we saw of the current storyline they were kind of sailing off and freya had just been killed i was wondering could you share with us what the plans were for season four like where were you going to go with the characters what was going to happen oh and before you before you answer that i want to ask a question was her death planned from the beginning because that was such a gut punch um no it was not planned i we didn't you know when when we were working in that thing and it's it's uh you kind of don't Think about the consequences of anything. You think about the just the, the story, and and uh, you know not the fans. We we got death threats in like seven languages. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit! Oh, but she did. What? <laughs> How dare you kill her? <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's probably the most talked about thing you know among yeah. the viewers. So so I, you know, I, my daughter saw saw the show the other day, and she was like, she was crying when that happened. Oh. So it, it made an impact and, you know, that's, it's, yeah, it's, um, well, it was not planned. Yeah. So season four. Yeah. <laughs> what, what happens? <laughs> we want to know. We, we actually wrote the, the proper season three, like the following season two already. Like the, we wrote the first draft on it. So we have that. Um, but, uh, I mean, like, a, a scruffy, scruffy draft of that that we have, but when we wrote it, we started like always coming back to stuff we wanted to talk about, and like Yarl, why, what, what happened to him, why is he evil, and all that stuff, and that kind of turned into to the prequel. So we have the like mm-hmm. we have season four 
that follows to lying about ready to, you know, crack on if, if somebody's mm-hmm. willing to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> We're pulling for you. For sure. We, I mean, I definitely want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're, we're all very invested in this. And I, I was devastated um, <clears throat> to find out that it wasn't, there wasn't going to be any more. Yeah. And I was wondering, did, uh, did Netflix actually give you any kind of reason why they didn't want to pick up season four or were they just like, Oh, sorry guys. It was a good run. Uh, good luck in the future. Not really. Um, but, uh, I mean, I think it's more about numbers and I mean, it's, it's, it's still, it's, it's traveled. I mean, so well compared to what we ever dreamt about, but I think compared to other shows, I don't know, we don't get any numbers, but it's, I think it's done well above what they expected, but probably not well enough to have a season four, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. but it, there's a lot of shows that, that cancel after three seasons, mm-hmm. but I, I feel we have unfinished business for sure. And, and we're really, really hoping to make more and, and all the actors are really keen on it and uh, we're really keen on it so you know at, as soon as that opportunity comes along we'll we'll be making more for sure yeah since this was your your first show right um you had a really great cast of of actors that that came in and, and played these roles how much influence in their characters did you give the actors as far as their, their, their roles in the show go, you know, like their backstory. Yeah. I mean, how was, was there like, I know like, uh, Carrie, mm-hmm. he, there's a lot of him in, in Orm. Oh, and, and yeah. Oystein is Carr. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just kind of curious, you know, if you, if you don't seem like one of the actors who, who's like really, or one of the directors who's really like, uh, adamant about having your image with these characters being portrayed on screen. I feel like you gave, gave these guys some, some rope to play with the characters. Is, is that accurate? These are, you know, they are so professional and, and great actors, like, you know, just to be able to, to, to work with these guys and, and have them, you know, collaborating like we have is, is amazing. And, um, I don't know, like it's, uh, I think there, there's a lot of similarities in, you know, the, 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 the characters, personalities and their own personalities in a way it kind of mm-hmm. finds it natural balance together in, in some strange and, and random way. But, um, we had a very clear vision and a very like clear script on, on, uh, on these characters from, from the get go and, and, uh, at least on season one. And, and of course, when you make a season two after seeing season one and you, that kind of things change around and you pick up good things about the characters and the actors and what works and you emphasize that and kind of like it's, it's an ongoing process. So they have influenced their characters tremendously. And, and I think it's just, we all kind of understood the same thing about the show and the characters and what needed to be done and what could work. And, you know, that, that's no, that's a good answer. Uh, following up with that. And, and we've talked to a couple of the actors in the show and, and from a fan of the show, watching it, I've always thought that at least a lot of this dialogue was ad lib, just the actors going off. And uh, when we asked them that question, they were like, Oh no, this is all in the script, like written at the table read. And we say it exactly as is on set. You know, we might get a little leeway here and there. Um, how did you so perfectly write this dialogue for each character? And right. what was the process like uh, working with the actors and finding out the right lines to say? 
like we don't work with the actors with the script like that. It's okay. We we do the table read, mm. and there might there might be changes there, and uh, might uh, but but basically we we write dialogue, and uh, I think maybe that's what we're best at writing, probably like uh, from from like a, a writer's point of view. So, You're just like a naturally hilarious guy. No, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I think it helps really if you if you know the character. Yeah, it's all about knowing what the character sounds like, and it's it's easier and, and know what they would answer to every question. I know what they would answer every question, kind of when you're in that process, so it makes mm-hmm. it easier to to, uh, to to do it. But I mean, no ad lib because it's like Jonas always says. So it's like we it's it's a reason that we've been working on this script for a year. It's not because you know, you come into a table read one day and you have a idea that's, you know, we've been, this is the <laughs> version 15 of this script, you know, it's not like, we just, <laughs> you know, it's like, we know it's good. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah. Just no, the it's like there's, there's always a plan behind, you know, every time we do change stuff around on set and we don't really remember, well, is, could we change this right now? Yeah, probably. And then we're like, oh, fuck, no. I remember why it's like this. It's because in on in two two episodes this happens, and then we need this to work. You know, it's 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 kind of set up and yeah. chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys did an excellent job. One of my favorite lines, and it sticks out to me. It's Jarl Varg. Are you ready for the three big piece? Payday, party, and bone dry. Pussy. Hail, hail, parties and bone dry pussy. <laughs> just, the way he delivered that line, I was like, oh my gosh, that is the great. I need a freaking t shirt that says that, man. It's so funny. Oh, that is, uh, I love that. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> How do you guys come up with this outrageous comedy? Like, I'm watching this and we've talked about this before with the yeah. actors and stuff. Like, you guys go real hard on the comedy and like, dark, and but it's real so dark. funny that it, it's, it's fine. Yeah. You know, it's not, you write so offensively in a non-offensive way that it's just beautiful and perfect and hilarious. Like, how do you guys ride that line? Yeah. Being incredibly offensive yeah. and also awesomely funny. Yeah. I don't know. It just has to have some, uh, first of all, you have to laugh when you see it. I think that's, that's the bottom line. I think, Every time things are offensive, it's because it's not funny enough. It's not well done. So it's kind of just shitty to people. To, you know? yeah. <laughs> so, so, so to, to, you know, it's, we put a lot of thought into, you know, everything and we have gone through stuff and we have, you know, just tried out different angles on, on, on how to address these topics that, 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 that come up. And, and I think it's also like, it's we're making a show about Vikings, so rape and pillage has to be a part of it somehow. Mm. So, so you know, I think like the question is how how to make rape funny. Is that possible? <laughs> I love that you asked that question. That's, That's so funny. Kind of like a cra- crazy crazy way of thinking about it, but really, it is like okay, we need to have this in this comedy show. Okay, how can we do that in a way that is first of all not too offensive and mm-hmm. and f- very funny and of course yeah if Freya is the one that's raping monks yeah that that helps that's like that's not, <laughs> you know? so it's, it's all these ways of, of, of like um working with the with that specific joke and not taking it lightly of course because it's, it's nothing to take lightly so it's 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 just all the way trying to like 
and discussing it with the actors and and you know just the, the bottom line is it's um it's up to me and Jonathan and uh, to not not fuck up and uh, make it yeah. <laughs> yeah. well done you did a really good job there was a uh, this one scene that i always remember specifically talking about this was uh, with Liv and uh, Jarl Varg <laughs> Orm was there and she was just like Oh, a Jarl sperm? Oh my god. Like she was all, like how did what was the process of writing that whole scene? Cause that was like that that rode the line of like this could go south real easily. But it didn't. So like what was the process behind that? Do you remember writing that scene? Yeah, I think I do. But it's it's again, it's about um, giving giving the power to the unexpected part of it, of that scene. You know, it's, it mm-hmm. should really be Jarl Varg in power, but she was in power throughout the scene. And that, that the kind of the dynamic shifts from, well, you used to, if, if that was a, a scene from Vikings, you know, I, we, we often talk about like Vikings, we do basically exactly the same as Vikings do. Our show is, mm-hmm. you know, we, we, there's the same period of time. They travel to the England. It's about the map to the West. And, you know, it's all that. That's pretty much like the mm-hmm. basic Norwegian story, history. But it's all about just execution and, uh, and, and shifting the, the dynamics. So it's, um, it's uh, not as dangerous or not as, as um, real. And, and, you know, I, th- I think it's about that. Just the power dynamic is, is, is what. Okay. Saves that. That makes sense. <laughs> um, so speaking of favorite scenes, one of my favorite bits is actually in season three where Yalvar tries to recruit the, the dragon to help him <laughs> win the battle. And one of the most interesting things about this show is like up until that point, like there were no fantastical elements in the show. It was very much kind of like historically like accurate. Um, but then like once, once you introduce the dragon, it's like, oh, we're going into some new and interesting territory here. Um, and that scene where like everyone is just like their back is turned, the dragons in, in, in the sky and behind them. I, I was cracking up because she's just like, no, turn around. It's right there. And they're like, oh, no, you're not going to get us. Um, so I was I was just wondering, like with season four, were there plans to include more kind of like fantastical fantasy elements into the show? No, not really. No, I mean that that dragon was something we discussed back and forth uh, many times because you know, like you said, if if that dragon's that that dragon really do appear, then then it's it, we change the rules of the game, kind of. But mm-hmm. uh, but this was also like the end of Game of Thrones was on, and we were like, fuck that, we need to <laughs> show the dragon. It needs to be like. No one needs to see it except us. That that's probably the funniest way to 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 play it. And if we didn't put the dragon in there, the dragon lady would just be a crazy character. Like that would be yep. she would be mental. Like <laughs> so. So I I think like we the joke of not like turning around to see the dragon uh, won over the the like uh, the rules of the game kind of. It's like, what's the funniest? And that is the funniest. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> it was kind of funny because leading up to that moment, uh, the, uh, the dragon lady 
was coming off as a complete con artist. Uh, you know, yeah. like, you know, she was like, Oh yeah, I got this dragon, but you can't see him yeah, because yeah. he's asleep or like whatever. <laughs> One of the great bit about that too, is when they were looking at the stones that had the drawings and they're like, well, in this one, the dragon is the size of the mountain. And then over here, oh, he was a puppy. It's so clever, man. I, I give you guys such props for writing all this dialogue. Cause it's every single line is quotable and clever and hilarious. Yeah. And, it, and it was, it was written in a way that made us, the audience, just as frustrated as the dragon lady was. Because yeah. we were like, it's right there. <laughs> <laughs> there um, but uh, so earlier when you were talking about like, you know, these characters so well and you know exactly what they would respond to a dialogue. So when you and your partner are writing them, like, are you do you have like I write these characters and then he writes these characters and then we kind of work out the dialogue between them or are both of your hands in each character as you're, you're creating. Yeah. Um, I mean, we are, scenes for we them. are just writing. We have, we, we don't, we never do character mapping or like we, we, we do a mapping of the story. Uh, like this is, you know, we try to as best as possible to, to map the story out. And then I just start writing and I write a shitty first script and then Jonas takes <laughs> over that and starts processing it while I, do the next one and then kind of and then when he's finished with one i go back and start on that again so we kind of do all these rewrites together and we talk constantly and we we, we you know i i talk to him maybe two hours a day and i've done that since 2003 so um oh. so, so he's like my second wife for sure <laughs> and also because we are we always agree on everything it's it's crazy like we we want exactly the same thing in when when we're directing on set it's like we're seeing a scene and i'm about to walk over to give notes to an actor and jonas is already there giving exactly that note i was about you know it's it's crazy it's it's we're in sync for sure do you have a favorite episode or scene from the series that that stands out in your brain yeah i i love the um, the afraid of heights scene like uh, when uh, Torstein Hund is afraid of heights and looking down from the top of the, like after Arvid jumps. Is that in the, the thing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The thing. And he crawls up to yeah. the edge and he looks over. He's like, he, he didn't yeah. live. There's yeah. no way. He could live. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I really like when Rufus is uh, talking about the installation and everyone is so disappointed that he's, <laughs> he's talking about that. But it's uh, an artist's privilege not to comment on his own art. And, uh, yeah. and all that dialogue <laughs> is really actually from an interview we saw with this uh, crazy artist that, that like had made this uh, horrible uh, sculpture or something. And, and that was how we had the I I understand uh, weird art installations. There's a really weird one right down the street here. Out in the middle of the desert in Las Vegas, there's all oh, the painted rocks. There's, there's these there's these five pillars of boulders, and they're all painted different colors. Yeah. And people drive out there to take pictures of these stupid painted rocks out in the middle of the desert. It's wild. Matt won't yeah. take me. It's, it's, it's <laughs> the dumbest shit, dude. It is unreal. So I understand the the dumb sword installation. It's yeah. just amazing to me. <laughs> so I gotta ask: um, Was it your idea or your partner's idea? For the non-erotic cock massage. <laughs> non-erotic cock I love that scene as well. That is something that is something we have been saying around the office for probably 10 years. The non-erotic cock massage. 
and it's uh, it's uh, I love it because it's it's something you can't say in a way because it's non erotic. Harmless. <laughs> <laughs> I can use the non-erotic cock massage right now. Why are you looking at me? <laughs> if it's not erotic, it's, it's not erotic. Do it, right? it's okay. He looked right at my feet when he said that. It was so creepy. <laughs> I also, I, I think one of the most brilliant pieces of dialogue in the entire series is when the chief is explaining how they don't have the technology to create bathroom stalls. <laughs> In a perfect world, we would have stalls where we could sit in peace, shielded from you. But unfortunately, we're not quite there yet. I, who came up with that? <laughs> <laughs> I want to know everything about the shitting log, and I want to know everything about Orm's underground tunnels. <laughs> Just spill the beans, bro. <laughs> there was this uh, headline in Norway's biggest newspaper about this guy that's, that had been caught uh, sitting in an like, uh, outdoor toilet. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's based on a true story. Not, not, not too far from our house here. And, uh, by- <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it's, it's like this lake, and they have these campsites, and there's this out, uh, outdoor toilet. I don't know what you call it. Like a, a shitting lock. Like a shitting lock, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this dude had been sitting down in that toilet and, and looking up and doing whatever. I don't know what his plan was, but. That was the headline. That is, and that was probably staring right years. into my brown eye. <laughs> that was twenty five. That years is old. next level. So, uh, that brought our memory and uh, yeah, true story. Like, oh, Orn would like to do this. That sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> sure, I'm sure. Corey was uh, real old. With a lot of stuff, we we read it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember what you. you talked to Corey I saw the interview and he talked about uh, when he's being well he's been partially being raped by this uh, Torstan Hun uh, when he's dressed up uh, and that day yeah. Yeah. Uh, on set we got visitors for, from um, the National Film <laughs> Institute or, or, or like or like the no it was like the the, the um, representative of the west coast of norway or something like that like like uh, officials <laughs> trying to see what some of their money went to was here and he's like a big deal and he wanted, really wanted to see this and i remember them coming up behind me like i was sitting at the monitor and i was like yeah hi yeah okay, let's go for it. and then that started they were like that's perfect oh my god <laughs> his description of that whole scene he's like yeah some things were a little too <laughs> anal <laughs> for me <laughs> yeah. oh, he also said he lost every fight <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Orm I was just wondering if you knew from the beginning of creating these characters that Orm and Kark were brothers um, no not in the beginning but, um, but uh, or we, we talked about it like um, we talked early on about that being a link or that Kark has some sort of backstory that, that we hadn't explored and, and, um, you know, all that, uh, that, that, um, we always said it wouldn't it be funny if he was like the chieftain or he was really the chieftain or, you know, all, uh, so, so it's been lingering and, and, um, mm. 
And we knew it, I think, when we wrote season two, but in season three, we kind of found a way to to deal with it. And uh, also, like, I think it's very similar to what we did with the dragon. Like, don't mm-hmm. show it. You, you show the audience, but no one else. And kind of with mm-hmm. his tattoo as well, like, everyone knows the truth, but he doesn't even know. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a very sad, sad thing. Yeah, and the only person who knows is Hildy, yeah. and she's not telling anyone. Yeah, no, she's like, I'm not losing my my status. Uh, does that storyline um, go through into the season four that you wrote? Is there more with Kark and Orm and all yeah. that? Yeah. It was season four called The Rise of Kark. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think we, I mean, um, I think the show deserves a, a proper ending. So I'm, I'm yeah. I think it does. Yeah. That. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. How do you feel about going to Apple TV? Because <laughs> we know some people. We know some people. <laughs> I, I would go anywhere. You know, we could make a movie even, you know. We just yeah. want to give it closure. Yeah. 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 Fundraising time. Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Go fund me. Kickstarter for it. Yeah. <laughs> Another one of our favorite shows is on Apple TV. It's called C. And we interviewed the showrunner of that, Jonathan Tropper. And we were telling him about your show. Like, have you watched Norsemen? Are you looking for new stuff? <laughs> and uh, how would you feel about having four people from Las Vegas be extras in season four? That too, that too. That would obviously be, uh, had, had to happen, of course. You're invited. Ooh. Yeah, there's a, there's a lack of redheads with giant glasses on the show that I think you're really missing the mark. <laughs> no, you're welcome. You're, uh, of course, welcome to that. Oh, wow. Got it on video. <laughs> <laughs> Verbal contract. Let's yep. go. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to ask you, one of the most interesting stories about um, Norsemen, in my opinion, is how when you guys first got picked up by Netflix and got U.S. distribution, um, you guys actually went on Facebook and you created like these big Facebook ad campaigns where you were showing clips of the show and that actually like, you know, broke into like, you know, the American audience were like, they'd never heard of the show before, but on Facebook, it just like these little clips start going viral and people are like, we got to check this out on, on Netflix. So, um, I was wondering like, uh, you know, first of all, that was brilliant. Um, it, it was a, a great tool for independent filmmakers like yourselves to kind of come in and, and, and get generate interest because I, I think a Netflix kind of pushed you guys based off of like the amount of views that you got off of, you know, yeah, your Facebook sure. campaign. So can, can you tell us a little bit about like what inspired you to do that? Like what was your strategy behind it? And do you have any advice for other independent filmmakers who might want to use uh, your, your strategy to kind of push their own stuff? Yeah. I mean, I think like we knew we were on our own and we knew we were not prioritized at all. It was more like a, you know, cheap test for Netflix that, that, that was really, you know, that they didn't invest much in it. And, and it, uh, we knew that it would just be like one of a million uh, on that uh, platform. So, um, so there wasn't really that much to do when you're, it's just me and Jonas and our producer, Anish, who kind of spent our own money funding that. Uh, we spent every dime on mm-hmm. on our on the Facebook campaigns. We, I mean, we spent hours every day uh, inviting people that had liked the videos to our our Facebook page. Just mm-hmm. you know, all that is manual, so it's it's a crazy amount of work to to do this, and also you know to to make the clips to find what works. You know, the fashion clip worked really well. 
the the arm shooting the bow and arrow like on the in the grave uh, his brother's uh, grave thing so so i mean without we didn't really have many tools uh, at our disposal uh, other than our facebook so so um it was it was a, a smart move to to get clips out there and 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 also like when i when i see shows and i i find new shows it's always because of clips i have seen somewhere or like scenes mm-hmm. that are picked out and and uh, reviews of course but mainly it's you know that's something that catches your eye and you kind of very quickly see the style of a show and you see the quality of the show just by you know if this is something that catches your interest so so I, I, you know, and and if and a big machine like Netflix would not, I mean, they don't even push their own huge shows. It's all algorithms that, that does that, and mm-hmm. and to really get into those algorithms, so I think you they need a you need a push for sure. Talking about the amount of work that you guys put in to create this show, one of my favorite things that you guys did was filmed it in two different languages. You filmed it in Norwegian, and then you again did the whole scene all over again uh, for an English audience. Can you tell us what the motivation was for doing something like that? Because that is an immense amount of work that you put on yourselves. Uh, what was the thought process behind doing that? Um, <clears throat> the thought was that we knew we had a good enough script to that, that somebody abroad would probably, maybe, hopefully uh, like it. And, uh, you know, we were talking about, but, you know, do we want someone else to remake it? Obviously mm-hmm. not, you know, we, we want to make that. And, and, uh, the only way to kind of have the power over that process was to do it like this. And, uh, we did not know how much work it would be. We thought it would be like, and Anders was like, it's two or two takes, you know, extra takes. Um, but, uh, it's a lot of work and, and, uh, we, I don't know if you know like how many pages is normal to film in a day and stuff like that, but we we filmed like together in both languages maybe twelve, thirteen, fourteen pages a day. Like I, I think like in in normal TV show you would probably do one, two, three pages a day. So we were like mm. we were working, we were skipping takes. We're like fuck it, that's good enough. Norwegian, <laughs> English. Did we do the Norwegian? Yeah, no, I, yeah, do it again. I think we didn't get. You know, it was chaos. It was chaos for for. for it's amazing time. how it came together so seamlessly, though. Yeah. Well, I I appreciate I appreciate that you guys did that because I think if uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand how many TV shows we watch over here are remakes of mm-hmm. European shows. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I'm I'm very happy that you guys. Filmed it I'm in really English because I, th- I think it, I think it would have lost something if they had different characters and different actors do it. And it's just it's yeah. just a special show. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you guys you guys hit that sweet spot. And there's and, a there's a charm to mm-hmm. having that accent, yes. that heavy Norwegian accent yeah. in the show for us listening to. It. I mean, we mimic it because we yeah. think it's amazing. Yeah. And we're like, oh, I want I wish I could talk like that. <laughs> so it, also, it, uh, like when we when we saw Vikings, they tried to speak like that. You know, they have this mm-hmm. accent. And if there was ever a show that you could, you know, do English version of, um, it is this, it's a show about Vikings for sure. Because, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if we were doing some contemporary crime thing, it would just be out of place and, and a bit crazy. Um, but 
But also, I think because the audience was used to seeing Game of Thrones and Vikings and all that in English, it kind of mm -hmm. also brought some, you know, authenticity or I don't know, something that yeah. resembles something they've seen before. And it makes just elevates it up to where what we wanted to, to do to make that comedy work again, back to like having that scenery work, having the uh, makeup and all that, all, all those uh, things in place. But we yeah. didn't have a buyer for it. I mean, Netflix never heard about it until it was finished. So we were like, you know, we suddenly we understood how much work it was when we started the post uh, production. You know, we had to edit in both languages. That's twice the work. And and since we had so little die like uh, takes from each uh, scene, we had to borrow. So like when you don't see the mouth completely in the season one, it's probably a Norwegian take. Used in English and like we've been cheating or cheating around there uh, uh, to, to make it work, but but the, our editor Rodrigo has done a, a really really great job. So can I ask, um, how did Netflix kind of decide to come pick you guys up? Did you guys pitch it to them specifically? Like, how did they get involved? It was through uh, Anders, our producer, with, who done, who did the Lilyhammer. So he had a connection there, and and uh, he got us a meeting. And we didn't really talk to anybody there other than it, it was through acquisitions or something. It's, it wasn't a creatively, um, like we were not, not a part of, of any creative like talks at Netflix at all at that time. It was just somebody buying, had, had a pot of money to buy, uh, to buy a show for. And, and it's, that, that was it. Did they like have any input into like seasons two or three? Like did Netflix come to you and say like, you know, like can you guys do this in this season or no, anything like that? Or no. did they just let you do your own yeah, thing? Yeah. What would you say besides filming in both uh, two languages, um, what would you say is the most challenging thing that you had to deal with on set when you were making Norseman? I think the fact that we were all like we were filming on an island on the sea, you know, it was uh, there's no sets. The houses that we film in are built by archaeologists based on what they found there. It's tiny, it's smoky, it's it's dark. There's no window. Mm. I mean, it's it's like the conditions of working in a studio. It's like very different. Uh, so I think that that also, I mean, you're cold and it's raining and it's outside and it's horses and it's ships and we've never done anything like this before and it's 150 extras <coughs> walking around and you know. It, it's 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 pretty crazy and i think just you know it's it's uh i think we were shooting for like six weeks or something and it's a crazy it's crazy tiring you come back like you've been on crack for uh <laughs> years you know it's, it's so um I, I wanted to ask you um first of all who got the penis necklace uh, after the show is over, that necklace, along with the uh, Orm's nutsack, is is missing. I don't know. Who's got <laughs> Someone stole Orm's nutsack. Yeah. Corey, <laughs> <laughs> he's got it mounted on his wall. Yeah. <laughs> um, scrotum whipping. <laughs> yeah, that that necklace of giant penises. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that scene because. You know, you kind of talk about modern sensibilities and in, in, into the the Viking era, and it's just like I get totally see a guy being like, like, oh, th th those are way too big. <laughs> <laughs> the designers that had the um, had the responsibility to make them. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> I just pictured it. Yeah, they were like <laughs> to us, like, no, that's wrong. No, 
no, you know, we were like divas sitting trying to find the best cock necklace they made. It. <laughs> I think it's made from ox or dried ox penises or something. It's it's something horrible, smelly. That that. Ends up <laughs> Oh my god! I thought it was like plastic or no, something. No. Yeah, I thought you just had like wax molds <laughs> on a necklace. <laughs> so she's like, she's just wearing straight up cock necklaces. That's, <laughs> That's a legit prop. That's funny. Well, no wonder it disappeared. <laughs> Decomposed. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you about your your current project, which I, I believe you're doing an animated series on Netflix. Is that correct? Yeah. Can you tell us anything about it? Not much. I mean, we're doing uh, a huge, or it's it's twenty episodes for for oh, wow. Netflix, and it's a show called Captain Fall. Captain and Fall. It's, um, what can I say? It's it's uh, our tagline. I mean, it's it's kind of a love boat meets uh, Ozark and Norseman. <laughs> You know, it's 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 a crazy. That's thing. incredible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's based on a, it's it's um it's on a cruise ship. Mm. And, huh. and it, when does when does that air? Uh, f- well, we'll see. I mean, it's probably uh, this year, some sometime this. Year. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Cool. I'm, I'm cool. looking it up right now. Oh, excellent! Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious, what kind of? What- yeah, we haven't announced anything of, of it yet, and the the cast is not announced, and it. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a Secret. very funny cast, and we have um, I think like like Norseman, it's something that we believe in, and and we would like to watch ourselves. So I think that's that's kind of the only only thing we have to ha- have to guide by. So um, we're really happy to to do this, and it's um, making an animation is you know it's a brave new world for us as well, and it's, we've never done that before, and we don't really have. Uh, like an, an animation, um, a, like background at all. Uh, I love Rick and Morty, and I love a bunch of mm-hmm. animated shows. But apart from that, it's like old uncharted territory. So it's been really great fun to work with. That's awesome. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Well, yeah. What kind of animation style is it? Is it very similar to like a Rick and Morty, or no, is it more I mean, realistic? It, I think it would. It's more similar to Tintin or, you know, like... Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Like we, we wanted to make kind of real people, real mm-hmm. emotions, but it's it's pretty it's out there. And uh, and it's kind of like, like Norseman, it's, it's based around a drama. Like it's based on, on uh, like a crime, crime, crime drama in disguise, kind of. It's, it's a comedy, obviously, oh, cool. but it's... Uh, the crime version of the love boat. Maybe, yeah. maybe we'll finally have an animated show that Jude will actually want to watch. Oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she hates cartoons. Yeah, I, I do. Them. I hate anim- animated shows. I almost said animated. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it speaks to, or hopefully, it will speak to you know the live action people as well. So uh, that that kind of makes me want to ask you. So one of the things that's so brilliant about Norsemen is that you are able to kind of balance like this like serious tale of like you know like political maneuvering and all this other stuff with the comedy. And it, 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 it's brilliant because that's a fine line to walk, especially for people who've never made a TV show before. So like, how did you guys kind of sit down and figure out, okay, you know, here's going to be the serious elements. How do we make this funny? When Orm like kills his brother and assumes mm-hmm. the throne and stuff like that, like, like, there's some like yeah, yeah. super hardcore, like game of Thrones type yeah. stuff in this show. Um, and it could easily kind of veer off into that serious direction, but you guys always kind of kept it grounded in the comedy. 
even though there was all this like dark stuff going on. I was just wondering like how you balance yeah, those two I, elements. I think like the, 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 the one thing doesn't have to exclude the other. I think it's, it's a big part of it. Like you can make, you can make a uh, heartfelt drama, sadness, and, and still have an element of, of comedy in there. And I think also we have a rule that, you know, every scene should have something funny. We're not allowed to not have something funny in a scene or at least like mildly or a hint mm-hmm. of something or, you know, uh, uh, something off. And, 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 and that is like credit to, to, we couldn't have done that without these actors because they are able to like dig into those emotions push for like for real. And then still have that comedic element lying there and, and not really taking that in still playing it as, as uh, a drama. And, and mm-hmm. I think when you do that and you also add the, the, the score for it, like it's really, you know, it, it's a violin that plays into those emotions and, and um, it's just absurd in a way. Like you, you like you, when he's, when we're, um, they're digging down the slaves, they have to bury them with, with the law speaker. Yeah. Like, you know, it's a pretty sad scene, that whole thing. And Kark ends up standing by his friend's uh, grave. Yeah, the hand pops out and he has to hit it with the shovel. Yeah. That's dark. Yeah. Yeah. And then afterwards as well, you know, he's standing there. There's this music. Kark is putting down a flower on, on the grave and Orm walks mm-hmm. over and he's like, well, it's not going to be very easy to be Kark around these parts anymore now that I've taken over. And he's like, it's never been easy to be Kark. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm 18 years old and I look like I'm 43 (laughs) (laughs) and playing it like, uh, like a drama. I think that's kind of the, the, the way to look at all of it, because if it was a different show that, then that would be a total different scene. It would be either it wouldn't be there or it would be like a funny gaggy thing. Yeah, my my brain immediately goes to the home gang. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine that scene, but filmed on the Viking show, the History Channel mm-hmm. show? Oh, yeah, it would have been a completely yeah. different kind of dramatic thing. But the way you guys played that scene off was hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's just like another yeah, one. it's just absurd. The whole thing. Yeah. It was just another one crazy. too. Is is uh, mm-hmm. live literally sells her own kids yeah. into slavery? Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was like I watched that scene now, and I'm like. Oh my God, that's so dark. It's dark. I'm laughing at it. Yeah. yeah. Liv's backstory is one of the most interesting character arcs on the whole show. She's yeah. one of my favorite yeah. characters. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, it's again, it's, it's, uh, it's also just taking in the time that they are in. They're in the Viking age. They're in a, in a, mm-hmm. in a, you know, people yeah. were 25% of Norway's uh, population was slaves. You know, it's, it's, they, it's super hardcore. You know, it's it's no mercy. Everything is no mercy. It's uh, no life doesn't mean that much. And it's uh, all about power. And like, it's just bringing those elements into the storytelling and and, like reminding ourselves that we're talking about the Vikings. We are allowed to, you know, be cruel and and do all these things. And uh, I think that's that's, uh, that's easier when it's Vikings than than a modern show. There's just so many little weird Dude. like 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 the rune sticks yeah you know taking a rune stick to the shitting log you yeah. know that's really you know they, they, and then you see stuff then you see stuff on the internet just like this week i saw on facebook where they found a rune stick yeah. 
a, a, like a ruler shaped stick with runes on it. And you, and now we all think, oh, well, that was something they took to the shitting log to read. You know, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious. You know, that, so. the, the story behind the rune sticks is that also that they found a proper rune sticks in a grave, a mm-hmm. stick in a grave with, with, um, with the writing that translates something like uh, Ragnar was fucked in the ass. <laughs> so, great. so when we found so, that was pretty early on that we that we discovered this you know that that found find came in and and uh, we talked about that and that like explained the whole show for us as well because if the vikings actually in year 700 something went out in the woods carved himself a stick took the time to carve in that Ragnar was fucked in the ass and distributed this to someone well then they are more like us than you know uh, mm-hmm. every match yeah, so like, if they went through all that trouble just to fuck with someone i mean i love that it's it just yeah. it's just humans you know it's so so yeah. basic it's the equivalent of going into a public restroom and reading the bathroom walls oh, yeah, 100%, yeah for good time call <laughs> yeah, but i mean that that kind of like sums up the show really that it if they did that well, then they're, you know, then they're probably in touch with all the other feelings we have now. And, and I, w- I wanted to ask you, um, so one of our favorite bits from season one was the home gang mm-hmm. or home gong. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but I was wondering like, where did you hear about that and what made you decide to want to put it into the show? Uh, home gong is just one other element of historical facts that that kind of when you when you start digging into the, the history of the Vikings, like you have the at the stoop with the old people, that's the thing. The 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 thing is the thing. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> um, uh, home gang is and and the rules behind home gang is kind of is is how we portrayed it, but we took it to the extreme. Like if it wouldn't be an honorable thing to to like for Arvid to, uh, to, uh, fight uh, a weak, uh, rich farmer, but he could, if it was the Viking age, you know, that, that, that could mm-hmm. be done. And also like, um, the rules around homosexuality, like, uh, so if you were the active part, um, yeah. you are, you have done uh, nothing wrong. So that's why I was so active. <laughs> You know, find those rules in our universe. So I think it's that we have done tons and tons of research. We've talked to historians and archaeologists, and we've been, you know, um, trying to figure out, like, learning as much as possible about the way of life, about family structure, about, like, war, how do, you know, all that stuff. Also, like, women warriors and, you know, all that, the whole thing, trying to get the facts straight. And that's also why it resonates with historians. I mean, we get, like, uh, scholars in at universities in England and the United States that, you know, send us stuff and, like, they have implemented it in their lectures because it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can we can look at it like this instead of the old boring way because it's like... You know, when when history becomes alive in a, in a different way, if you if you also see them as people, and and remember that they also are like scared and not you know don't want to leave their families or you know heartbroken or you know all these feelings that you kind of take out of the equation when when you read history. It's like the Romans, they did this and that. You know, it's, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, what, what but, the- but you know, if they they come to life in a way, and when you when you learn those little details about them. 
And one of, one of the scenes that sticks out most in my mind is when Jarl Varg's men are all at the table and they're like, do we really have to be raping? I have daughters. You know? <laughs> like, like, like that, that scene was just so, so dead on in, in terms of like what you're talking about. Yeah. And I think also like we, we were talking about if, if me and Jonas was in, a, in like a Viking troop and the, the leaders got, we let's attack this village. We would be like, really? You know, <laughs> are you sure we need to do this? You know, that, yeah. And just asking those questions that the modern man would, I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. Is, uh, is bird blindness a historical fact in Viking culture? Bird blindness. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this lovely raven with a message for us. <laughs> It's a goddamn chicken, dude. That was brilliant. <laughs> you and your accents. <laughs> I can't help it, man. If I'm quoting this show, I just I it comes it. out naturally. I'm it. sorry. <laughs> I told you. you you wouldn't be able to help yourself. I, I can't. I we really talked can't. about it yesterday, and I was like, okay, don't you know, like start doing that for 45 minutes. And he was like, no, no, no I'll be cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't be cool. <laughs> um, my last question for you is uh, my favorite character, and I love them all, but my favorite one, every time he's on screen, he steals the, the show for me, is Jarl Varg. Do you have a favorite character, one that you just go to and you're like, man, I love writing for this guy and I love shooting the scenes? I love uh, writing or girl. for Orm. And I love Orm. writing for, for uh, Vidig as well because they're so, so specific and so... Um, that's just great. And I mean, we love to write for all of them and Freya, but, mm-hmm. but, but Autumn is, is especially funny because I also know what I'm putting quarter through. So kind of like it. That <laughs> 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 poor son of a bitch. I know. <laughs> we were like, what were they thinking? Oh, I knew exactly what they were thinking. <laughs> He's like, they are just doing that to mess with me. Did you have a relationship with any of the actors prior to this? Because I know you said that you were writing them with them in mind. Jalvarg, Jon, and Jegge, also Arvid, Marianne, his wife, Tron, who plays Rufus, uh, Silja, Freya. Uh, most, most of them, I had a, like, okay. I, uh, we knew pretty well. The only one we didn't really know was Kore. And uh, he was well, such an unlikely pick for this as well because he was like, I was like, Kåre, Kåre, oh yeah, really? He's like a friend of the royal family and, you know, he's, but he was, he's, he's like the sweetest, sweetest guy, as you know, and, and um, mm-hmm. he's such an incredible actor and he, he, you know, he never sleeps when we're doing this because he's up doing his lines, Norwegian, English, it's always immaculate, perfect. And, and it's just giving it 100% always. So I have two more questions for you. Uh, the first is we're currently working on our own little project called Viking Cop starring <laughs> Matt Vader 74 over here as the titular character. Do you have any advice for us on how to make a successful Viking based uh, cop drama? Slash comedy. Is it in the modern, modern world? Yes. Yeah, so, so basically, instead of police, we have Vikings. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah, it sounds like a great idea. I might steal that. <laughs> <laughs> just, just start writing and don't, that just pitch it when it's finished. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get a Netflix deal. Uh, my second question is, um, why is frozen pizza so popular in Norway? It's pretty horrible, isn't it? It's, uh, <laughs> well, it's so cold. Maybe that's, that's why. 
It started off warm and it's just frozen away home and it became a thing. <laughs> They're like, let's just wait to cook it till we get home. It's going to get cold anyway. <laughs> I think that's, that's, that's oh my God. <laughs> Katie always likes to close these with a bang. I know, yeah. The pizza question. It's a thing now. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated. Every time. It's crazy. You would, you would like, if you came here and got a frozen pizza, you would die. Is there a specific brand yeah. that's super popular? Yeah. It's called Grandiosa. 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 Okay. Amazon that shit. <laughs> I, I want to try it. <laughs> we got to try it. Over here. Yeah, we got to ship it all out from Norway. <laughs> no, you know what? I think we just need to make a trip to Norway as a podcast sure. to, to celebrate like, after, some kind of After milestone. we've uh, successfully crowdfunded yeah. the Norseman movie. We're making another season, then you come in the extras. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Done. Mm-hmm. Consider it done. All right. I will quit my job. Would you, <laughs> would you consider filming the entire season in Las Vegas? <laughs> that would be a very different story, but you know. <laughs> There's literally no trees here. So. <laughs> no rivers or, either. Or water. <laughs> no water. Or snow. Or snow, yeah. I mean, even Lake Mead's empty now. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we're all fresh out of questions. Thank you, John, so much for being with us. It was a pleasure to talk with you. And uh, I'm really looking forward to your next project uh, with Netflix. And if I'm not going to say if I'm going to say when season four comes out, we will be there to cheer you guys on. Yeah. If we can help crowdfund a uh, budget for a movie to kind of wrap everything up. Yeah. Like we're, we're there. Yeah. We want to help. Out for yeah. Sure. yeah. And, and guys, Absolutely. thank you so much for your enthusiasm and, you know, for grabbing hold of our, all the actors here and, and, and spreading love about the show. And, you know, it's, it means a lot to us and it's, it's so fun to sit on the sideline and see that, you know, this stupid little show kind of travels and, and, and uh, resonates. And yeah. So I'm thankful for, for, for having me on, on here today and, and for um, yeah, spreading the, spreading the word. Of course, of course. And, uh, Again, open invitation to any of the actors if they want to come on the show and talk with us. We would yep. gladly have them. You can extend that invitation to your uh, your partner yeah. and uh, anybody and, else. And hook us up with y'all, Varg. Oh, yes. We yes. might want him on the show. Maybe y'all, Varg, and I'd uh, be together. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that would be yes. sweet. I, I've tried to reach uh, the... Um, John or Jan, yeah. I guess his name is Jan, yeah. uh, who plays Jarl Varg. And uh, he just does not use social media no. at all. <laughs> <laughs> he does not. But anyway, all right. Uh, Vader, where can they find you on the socials? Buddy? Uh, you can find me at Matt Vader 74 on the Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Um, what else? Uh, everywhere. The, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> Jude, where can they find you at? You can find me on my webpage at thevoiceofjude.com or you can find me on uh, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram at I am Jude Juju. Right on. Matthew Kadish. You can find me at Matthew Kadish, K-A-D-I-S-H on Twitter. Kadishbooks.com takes you to my Amazon page if you want to check out my book. Excellent. And guys, if you guys want to, if you love uh, Norseman as much as we do, go to our saltinerdiscord.com app. And uh, we have a dedicated chat just for Norseman. Uh, we love hanging out in there and, and talking with people. We actually had a, a gentleman who worked for uh, International Combat, who I think worked with some of the actors for some of the fight scenes and stuff. He hopped into our Discord and was chatting with us. So it's great to see him as well. And uh, uh, John, where can everybody find you? And uh, again, shout out your next project that you're working on for Netflix. The next project is Captain Fall. Uh, and you can find me in Norway, sadly, because we were <laughs> supposed to be in L.A., but COVID hit. So, uh, so still mm-hmm. find me here. But um, yeah, on, on my full name on, on uh, Instagram and, and uh, you know, wherever. You'll, you'll, if you're interested, <laughs> you'll, you'll dig it up somewhere. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Yeah, and, that, and that uh, invite to uh, join the Discord to talk about Norseman extends to you as well. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode. Really appreciate it. Don't forget to like and subscribe and comment below your thoughts on this fantastic Netflix comedy. And uh, have a great one, everybody. And stay salty, my friends. This is your summer. That means Six Flags in the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, delicious burgers, real moments together, and this. Coke is summer refreshment when you need it most, so you can hop on another ride or race down a slide at the water park. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com slash Coke to save up to $20 on passes, plus daily tickets starting at $34.99.